Do any inconsistencies about the period between Jesus's resurrection and his ascension disprove these happen or that Jesus is the son of God? This will be a two-part research project, and I will share this with you on this particular Friday and the following Friday. But I will post all of the research that I did on um, the following sites that I will tell you about in a few minutes. Um, do inconsistencies about the period between Jesus' resurrection and his ascension disprove these happen or that Jesus is the son of God? I'm sure many of you have heard how there are some atheists out there that tell Christians that they can disprove that Jesus is the son of God because they say the Bible is full of lies and inconsistencies. But is it really true? I will do extensive research and analysis of the main passages that pertain to Jesus's resurrection and his ascension to see if there are any inconsistencies and whether they are significant enough to disprove that Jesus arose from the grave and later ascended into heaven and that he is the son of God. I will use the New King James Version also known of the Bible, also known as NKJV, and internet resources as needed. There are times that both he and him are used within the same Bible verse. I will put brackets around those to let you know who is speaking and who is being spoken to if I feel it's not clear by the context. Additionally, I will put my analysis, evaluations, and comments and opinions within brackets and will try to let you know when I'm sharing this information. If you would like to read this research project further, you can go to either of these two blogs I felt led to create to post my research analysis and results. The first of those is called Biblical Proof, and you can find that at https colon double backslash biblicalproof, B-I-B-L-I-C-A-L-P-R-O-O-F dot blogspot, B-L-O-G-S-P-O-T dot com, or it's also going to be on Do Biblical Inconsistencies Really Matter? And you can find that at https colon double backslash biblical inconsistencies, B-I-B-L-I-C-A-L-I-N-C-O-N-S-I-S-P-E-N-C-I-E-S dot blogspot, B-L-O-G-S-P-O-T dot com. I will first put any related Bible passages together and share those with you. Afterward, I will copy portions of each passage related to the particular question I am analyzing so I can paste in and see if there are any significant inconsistencies. The first of these passages is in Matthew 28, 1 through 20, which says, Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went quickly from the tomb and with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples word. And as they, which is the women, 
and went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there I will, and there they will see me. Now, while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. When they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, saying, tell them. His uh, disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make sure you're secure. So they took the money and did as they're instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Next passage. Mark is Mark 16, 1 through 20, which says, Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices, that they might come and anoint him, which is Jesus. Very early in the morning on this first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll, roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in, in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him, as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now when he rose early on the first day of the week, and he is Jesus, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that the disciples, that he was alive, which is Jesus, had been seen by her, They did not believe. After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, he, which is Jesus, appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues and they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. 
the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the company's signs. Amen. The next passage is from Luke 24, verses 1 through 53, which says, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they, which is the women, and certain other women with them, came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their heads, their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee saying, the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his, his, which is Jesus's words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the leaven and all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles and their words, their words seemed to them like idle tales and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb and stooping down, he saw the linen cloth lying by themselves. And he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of these things which had happened. So it was when they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the other, then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which have happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? So they said to him, they said to Jesus, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all of this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him, which is Jesus, they did not see. Then he, which is Jesus, said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and the prophets and all the prophets, he, which is Jesus, expounded to them, and all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he, which is Jesus, went in to stay with them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And he, which is Jesus, vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did our heart? Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened up the scriptures to us? 
So they rose that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the 11 and those who were with them gathered together saying, the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he, which is Jesus, said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he, which is Jesus, had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, have you any food here? So they gave him, which is Jesus, a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb. And he took it and ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he, which is Jesus, opening their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, and tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endowed with a power from on high. And he, which is Jesus, led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And now it came to pass, while he blessed them, that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. John chapter 21, verses 1 through 31 say, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved. And that disciple is John, and that's the way he always refers to himself. And said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out, and the other disciple, which is John, outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, which is John, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloth lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him, and he was following John, and went into the tomb. And he, which is Simon Peter, saw the linen cloth lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his, which is Jesus's, head. Not lying with the, the cloth, was not lying with the linen cloth, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, which is John, who came to the tomb first, went in also. And he, which is John, saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he, which is Jesus, must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples, Simon, Peter, and John, went away again to their own home. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. But now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? 
Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him, Jesus, to be the gardener and said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I am not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he said this, he, which is Jesus, showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he, which is Jesus, said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he, which is Thomas, said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger in the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he, which is Jesus, said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand there and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And truly, Jesus did many other things in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is Christ, the son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. The next passage is John 21. I had just read John 20. This is chapter uh, 21 in John verses 1 through 25. And it says, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he, which is Jesus, showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered him, no. And he, which is Jesus, said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast the net. And now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, which is John, and that's how he talks about himself, or refers to himself, said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his other outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. 
Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153, and altogether there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Knowing that was the Lord, Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He, Simon Peter, said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He, which is Jesus, said to him, which is Simon Peter, feed my lambs. He, which is Jesus, said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He, which is Simon Peter, said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He, which is Jesus, said to him, Simon Peter, tend my sheep. He, which is Jesus, said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he, which is Peter, said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This is, this he, which is Jesus, spoke, signifying by what death Peter would glorify God. And when he, which is Jesus, had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, which is John, following, who also had leaned on his, which is Jesus' breast at the supper, which he's talking about the last supper, and said, Lord, who is the one who betrayed you? Peter, seeing him, which is John, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? So he's referring to what about John? And Jesus said to him, Peter, if I will that he, which is John, remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Then this saying went about among the brethren that this disciple, which is John, would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die. But if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies of these things and wrote these things. And we know that this testimony, that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. The next passage is from Acts 1, 1 through 11. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he had presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he, which is Jesus, said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, which is Jesus, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he which is Jesus said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power from the Holy Spirit. 
when he has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, when he had spoken these things while they watched, he, which is Jesus, had taken up, was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward the heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Who first saw that Jesus' tomb was open when they came on Sunday, the third day after his crucifixion? Matthew 28, 1 through 6 says, now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come and see the place where the Lord lay. Mark 16, 1 through 6 says, Now when the Sabbath was past, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe, sitting on the side, the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? Luke 24, 1 through 8 says, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came. To the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared, but they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his, which is Jesus' words. John 21, 20, verse 1 says, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So I have this within breath. This is my information so I'll usually say that to let you know. The Gospel of Matthew says after the Sabbath and that's Sunday that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary had come to see the tomb. It goes on to say that there was a great earthquake and an angel of the Lord whose countenance was like lightning and had clothing as white as the snow came down from heaven and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. Additionally it says that the guards were afraid and shaking for fear of him, which is the angel. The Gospel of Mark says that when the Sabbath was passed, which is Sunday, 
Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint him, which is Jesus. They were wondering on the way to the tomb who would roll the stone from the door of the tomb for them. But when they got there, they realized the large stone had already been rolled away. In Luke, it says the first day of the week, which is Sunday, they had certain other women with them that came to the tomb bringing spices that they had prepared and found this stone had been rolled away from the tomb. The Gospel of John says that Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early on the first day of the week, which is Sunday, and saw the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Also within brackets, all four Gospels are consistent that the large stone of Jesus's tomb had been rolled away early on Sunday morning. They are all they are inconsistent about which women went to the tomb with spices. Matthew says it was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. Mark says it was says Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome. But Luke only says certain other women. While John says only Mary Magdalene. Are these inconsistencies significant? So within brackets does it really matter if the first person or persons to the tomb happened to be Mary by herself or if she was with other women or several others? Not really. That doesn't change that one or more women went to the tomb early on Sunday, the third day after Jesus's crucifixion, and the stone was rolled away and Jesus wasn't in the tomb. Does it matter that the Gospel of Matthew and said that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there while there was a great earthquake and an angel of the Lord whose countenance was like lightning with clothing as white as snow came down from heaven and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. But the other gospels don't mention the earthquake and say that the stone was already removed from the tomb door by the time they got there. Whether they were there when the large stone was removed from Jesus's tomb or came after it had been removed isn't really relevant to whether the stone was removed from the tomb which it was. Still within brackets, although there are minor inconsistencies in wording, it basically says the same thing. You will find out if you watch this brief video by Jay Warner Wallace, an LA cold case detective who tells that witnesses rarely report things exactly the same way. The name of the YouTube video is called Were the Gospels Written by Eyewitnesses? You can find that at HTTPS colon, double backslash, www.youtube.com, slash, watch, it's all lowercase, so far, I'll tell you when it's capital, W-A-T-C-H, question mark, lowercase b, equal sign, lowercase I, s, lowercase i, capital O, lowercase c, capital, um, I did this wrong, lowercase c, lowercase v, capital L, lowercase Y, capital K, lowercase U, capital E, lowercase K. The video is only 3 minutes and 27 seconds. In my opinion, this video is really worth watching because it clarifies so many things about the inconsistencies in the gospel recordings, but proves that they are reliable witnesses. Within brackets still, additionally, does it matter that the gospel of Matthew is the only one that mentions that the guards who were there to secure Jesus' tombs were shaking for fear of the angel. In that, the other Gospels doesn't mention this. Doesn't mean that it didn't happen. Plus, it's very plausible. I would be shaking in my boots if I had seen the angel. So it's totally understandable that they would as well. There's more that corroborates the report about the guards, but that will be introduced later as I get to those passages. 
since there are so many different aspects of this time frame that I need to analyze for inconsistencies, I have to stay focused on the questions at hand. Just so you know, I do plan to go through analysis of all the passages that I've listed, but I need to make sure I don't get off task in my focus. My next question is, next, are there any inconsistencies related to the angel or angels at Jesus's tomb? Matthew 28, two through three says, and behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing is white as snow. Mark 16, two through five says, very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb while the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Luke 24, 2 through 4 says, but they found this stone rolled away from the tomb, and then went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed by about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. John 20, 11 through 12 says, But Mary stood outside by the tomb, weeping as she wept. She stooped down and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting, one on the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Within brackets, in the Gospel of Matthew, one angel is recorded, while the Gospel of Mark mentions a young man clothed in a long white robe, but it doesn't call him an angel. The Gospel of John has recorded that there were two angels in white, but the Gospel of Luke records that there were two men who stood by them in shining garments. Do these inconsistencies matter? It doesn't matter whether they were one, whether there were one, two, or thirty angels. The big point is is that Jesus arose from the dead, and there were witnesses of the empty tomb. Still within brackets, does it matter that the Gospel of Matthew says the angel's countenance was like lightning and his clothes were as white as the snow? The Gospel of John said similarly, they had shining garments where the Gospel of Mark said that the young man was clothed in a long white robe, but John just didn't, but John just said that they were in white. One thing I've learned after doing lots of biblical research and analysis is that some Gospel writers add more detail and some fewer. Others add additional information that wasn't already recorded in the other Gospels for further clarification. So whether the clothing was white and glowing or just white isn't very significant to this analysis. Neither is it significant if the angel was a man or a young man. The next question. I need to evaluate these to see if there are any inconsistencies about what the angel said. Matthew 28. 5 through 7 says, but the angel answered and said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you in Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Mark 16, 5 through 7 says, And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? 
But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. Luke 24, 2 through 8 says, But they found this stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they which is the angel or angel, said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful man and he and be crucified and the third day rise again? And they remembered his, which is Jesus' words. John 20, 11 through 17 says, But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stood stooped down and looked inside, looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. Within brackets, it says all four gospels are basically consistent saying the angel or angels told them not to be afraid or alarmed. The angel or angels Asked them why they sought the living among the dead because Jesus had arisen on the third day like he told them that he would. And she should go quickly and tell the disciples that they would see Jesus in Galilee, although the Gospel of John doesn't say that yet, but will. There are minimal to no inconsistencies, and those are not even significant. Also within brackets, but this is my next question, what happened when they told... When they went to tell the disciples that Jesus had arisen from the grave on the third day, like he said he would. Matthew 28, 8 through 10 says, So they, the women, went out quickly from the tomb for fear and with great joy and ran to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Mark 16, 8 through 10 says, So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now when he, which is Jesus, rose early on the first day of the week, he, which is Jesus, appeared First to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. Luke 24, 9 through 10 says, Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the leaven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. John 20, 14 through 18 says, Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and to your father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that 
she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Okay, within brackets, these basically say the same thing, except some of the passages include more people as additional information. The most significant part is that both the Gospels of Matthew and John say that Jesus made himself known to the woman or women who were going to tell the disciples that he, Jesus, had arisen on the third day, as he said he would, and Jesus would see them in Galilee. Is it significant that the Gospels of Mark and Luke don't say this? As you heard in the J. Warner Wallace video, sometimes witnesses don't report things exactly the same, but are still valid witnesses. The next question. What happened when the disciples were told by the women that Jesus had arisen from the grave on the third day? Matthew 28, 9 through 10 says, And as they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Mark 16, 10 through 11 says, She went and told those who had been with him, as they mourned and wept. And when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. Luke 24, 9 through 11 says, Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the leaven and to the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them. Told these things to the apostles, and their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb, and stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves, and he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. John 20, 1 through 10 says, first on, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, which is John, and then that's as I told you, the way he refers to himself, and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have taken him. Peter, therefore, went out, and the other disciple, which is John, and they were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple, which is John, outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, which is John, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloth lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, which is John, and went into the tomb, and he, Simon Peter, saw the linen cloth lying there and the handkerchief that had been around Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, which is John, came to the tomb first, went in also, and he, which is John, saw and believed. For as yet, they did not know the scripture that he, which is Jesus, might rise again, must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples, Simon Peter and John, went away again to their own homes. John 20, verse 18 further says, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that, that she had seen the Lord and he, which is Jesus, had spoken these things to her. Within brackets, it says the gospel of Matthew doesn't say how the disciples reacted. While the gospels of Mark and Luke say that the disciples didn't believe it when they were told that the women or woman saw Jesus. The Gospel of John tells of the two times that Mary went to the tomb. The first time in John 20, 2 through 3, she told Simon Peter and John, who then ran to the tomb. The second time when Jesus went, she went to the tomb was when Jesus was the one to tell her to tell the disciples that he would see them in Galilee. But that doesn't say what the response was. 
Does that mean that all the disciples believed the report that Jesus had arisen since the Gospels of Matthew and John didn't say otherwise? No, it's most more evident further on that the disciples didn't believe when they were initially told this. I think that relates to John 20, verse 9, which says, For as yet they did not know the scripture that he, which is Jesus, must rise again from the dead. Again, within brackets, in my opinion, an interesting point is related to all the times that Jesus foretold of his betrayal, death, and resurrection on the third day, but the disciples didn't understand it. It didn't make sense to them. So when it does happen, they don't even connect it to what Jesus had told them beforehand. Thus, they don't believe it at first when it happens. Okay, the next question, who else knew Jesus had arisen from the grave three days after his crucifixion? And this is... I'm asking about the period before when Jesus goes to see his disciples in Galilee. Matthew 28, 11 through 15 says, Now while they, which is the women, were going to tell the disciples, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. While they assembled with the elders and consulted with together, they gave large sum of money to the soldiers, saying, Tell them. His disciples came at night and stole him away while he slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. So they, which is the guards, took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Mark 16, 12 through 13 says, After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Luke 16, 13 through 15 says, it's more than 16, verse 13 on, I don't have the right end date, I mean end verse. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day into the village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there this, these days? And he said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem the Israel. Indeed, beside all of this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him, Jesus, they did not see. Then he said to them, all foolish ones and slow heart to believe in all these, in all that the prophets had spoken, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he which is Jesus expounded to them and all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he which is Jesus went in to stay with them. 
Then their eyes were opened and they knew him and he which is Jesus vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scripture to us? So they rose that, up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them and gathered together saying, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told these things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. John 20, 2 through 10 says, Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and you know that's John, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple, which is John, and they were going to the tomb, and they both ran together, and the other disciple, which is John, outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, which is John, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloth lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him, which is John, and went into the tomb. And he, which is Simon Peter, saw the linen cloth lying there, and their handkerchief that had been around, his, around Jesus' head not lying with the linen cloth but folded together in a place by itself. And then the other disciple, which is John, who came into the came to the tomb first, went in also, and he, which is John, saw and believed. For as yet they had not known the scripture, that he, which is Jesus, must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples, which are Simon, Peter, and John, went away again to their own home. This is within brackets. I think that I will evaluate this in sections because there are several different things going on in these passages. So within brackets, I have earlier, Matthew 28, 2 through 6 says, And behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not there, but he has risen as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. But then Matthew 28, 11 through 15 goes on to say, Now while they, which is the women, were going to tell the disciples, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. When they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, saying, Tell him. His disciples came at night and stole him away while he slept. And if this comes to the governor's ear, we will appease him and make you secure. So they, which is the guards, took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Within brackets, I also have this verifies that the guards who watched over Jesus' tomb after his crucifixion saw and or heard that the angel of the Lord with countenance like lightning and clothing as white as snow had descended from heaven. And they, the women, also saw that the stone was rolled away, rolled back from the door of the tomb. There are quite a lot of things to know in these two passages from Matthew. There was more than one guard who was a witness that Jesus was no longer in the tomb since the verse says, and the guards shook for fear of him, which is the angel, and became like dead men. And both the words guards and the word men verify that there were two or more guards who were witnesses because both are plural, denoting more than one. Still within brackets, it says, now in Matthew 8, 
28 verse 11, it says, now while they, which is the women, were going to tell the disciples, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. This would lead a person to determine that there were more than two people watching over Jesus's grave. And that says some of the guard came and reported to the priests about the empty tomb. You wouldn't say it that way if there were only two guards watching the empty tomb and one left. So there had to be three or more guards watching the tomb. In that case, there were three or more eyewitnesses who were not necessarily followers of Christ, who knew about the empty tomb and that Jesus had arisen. The reason this is significant is that there are those who say that there were only Christians as witnesses to Jesus's resurrection, but this proves that's not the case. It isn't that Christians made up some story to perpetuate a myth that Jesus arose. It, it really truly happened. These are not the only, only non-Christian witnesses that Jesus arose from his grave after being crucified. So within brackets, the course is noted by verse Verses 12 through 15 above, the chief priests assembled with the elders and came up with a plan to offer the three or more guards a large sum of money so that they would say that Jesus' disciples had stolen them away while the guards were sleeping. They also said that if the governor happened to hear about this, they would cover for the guards and protect them. Now, if you analyze all of this carefully, it says some additional things. First and foremost, it says that the priests and the elders that the eyewitness accounts of the guards was so credible that they had to offer them a big bribe to get them to lie about why Jesus wasn't still in the tomb. Additionally, it says that not only did the priest have to shut the guards up so that they didn't share that Jesus was no longer in his tomb, but they had to devise an elaborate story with the fear of hanging over their head of the governor hearing about this. This made the guards fearful for their safety and beholding to the priests and the elders so that they didn't tell others that Jesus Christ had arisen on the third day as he had foretold that he would. These two passages in Matthew add even more credibility to Jesus' rising from the grave. I went on the internet to Wikidiff, it's W-I-K-I-D-I-F-F, and found this definition that adds clarity since I wanted to make sure my analysis was accurate about this. Once at the side, I looked up the difference between an eyewitness and a witness and found it at https colon w double backslash wikidiff w-i-k-i-d-i-f-f dot com slash Eyewitness, E-Y-E-W-I-T-N-E-S-S, slash witness, W-I-T-N-E-S-S. This is what it said. Eyewitness is derived, it is a derived term of witness. As now, the difference between eyewitness and witness is that eyewitness is someone who sees an event and can report or testify about it, while a witness is a testation of a fact or event. A testimony. As verbs, the difference between eyewitness and witness is that eyewitness is to be present at an event and see it, while witness is to furnish proof of, to show. So within brackets, I've written, so the three plus guards who knew the tomb was empty were eyewitnesses because they were there and saw and heard what happened when the angel talked with the women when they came and found the tomb empty. This is additionally proven when some of the guards went to talk to the high priest and elders about it, 
and it was determined to be a credible report or they wouldn't have given the guards a large sum of money to give the false testimony. Still within brackets. The reason I looked this up on the internet was that the priests and elders who assembled to talk to the guards and bribe them are also witnesses that the tomb was empty and that Jesus had arisen, like he said he would. Wikidiff said, while witness is a t- attestation or a fact or event of a fact or event in its testimony. In other words, the eyewitness guards were there at the event and the witness priests and elders had sufficient proof from the guards that they could have attested to the fact or event that Jesus' tomb was empty, although they weren't there to actually witness it happen. Of course, it wasn't to their advantage to do so because to tell the truth threatened their positions in the synagogue as priests and elders. That's why they bribed the guards to share a lie instead of the truth. There are some times, this is within brackets, there are some times when doing this biblical research is so exciting. This is one of those times. I've read this passage many times over the years and realized that it was significant that the priests and elders gave the guards a large sum of money not to share the truth about why the tomb was empty. I never realized until now that all the priests and elders assembled together to concoct this plan were also witnesses to Jesus' empty tomb from the credible eyewitness accounts of the guards, although none of them were followers of Christ. This Additional proof from non-Christian eyewitnesses and witnesses makes the empty tomb and Jesus' resurrection even more significant. Also within brackets, to continue with the analysis of those who also knew Jesus' tomb was empty three days after his crucifixion before Jesus went to see his disciples in Galilee. Before I get into the analysis of these two passages, I think these are excellent examples of a point I made earlier. I explained how some of the gospel writers write with more detail and some with fewer, and how some of them only add additional details for clarity if they didn't fill enough was included in the other gospels. Also, the gospel of Matthew is the only one to record the information about the guards who watched Jesus' tomb and their deal with the priests and elders of the synagogue. In my opinion, since the Gospel of Matthew included so much pertinent information about the guards, the other Gospel writers didn't feel a need to mention it. Now I'm continuing on. Mark 16, 12 through 13 says, After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest of the disciples, but they did not believe them for fear. Luke 16, 13 through 15 says, Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem, and they talked together of these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk in our set? Then one The one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, which is Jesus, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he, which is Jesus, said to him, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, 
who was a prophet mighty indeed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him in to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. And beside all of this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who had arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him, which is Jesus, they did not see. Then he, which is Jesus, said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he, which is Jesus, expounded to them in all the scripture the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he, which is Jesus, indicated that he would, be, would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is spent. And he, which is Jesus, went to, in to stay with them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And he, which is Jesus, vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked? With, while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. And found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. So within brackets, I have, first of all, the brief passage in Mark corroborates what the detailed passage in Luke says. Also, the brief passage in Mark also corroborates that the disciples didn't believe that Jesus had arisen when they were first told about seeing him. Luke 24, 18 says, Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Jesus, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem, and have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And Luke 24, 33 through 34 goes on to say, So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Within brackets, I have, there is lots of controversy on the internet about who the other person on the road to Emmaus was. Some feel it was two men. Some feel it's two women. One of the, whom is the wife of the person with the name Cleopas. Others think it was Cleopas and his wife. The thing is, this isn't an inconsistency. It's just people trying to figure out who the other person was. Even if it were an inconsistency, although it's not, would it be significant? No. It doesn't matter who the other person was that was joined by Jesus on the road to Emmaus. With that said, it seems like Luke 24, verse 34, is saying that the other person was Simon, also known as Simon Peter. Within brackets, I have a thing that I think is interesting is that several of the people who first encountered Jesus after he has risen don't know him. I will include several other passages where this is the case related to this topic of research. Luke 24, 15 through 16 says, So it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. Luke 24 
29 through 34 says, goes on to say, but they too on the road of Emmaus constrained him, Jesus, saying, abide with us, for it was toward evening and the day is far spent. And he, which is Jesus, went in to stay with them. Their eyes were open and they knew him. And he, which is Jesus, vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. In John 20, 13 through 16 says, Then they, which is the disciples said to, I mean, the angels said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. Now, when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him, which is Jesus, to be the gardener, said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. Within brackets, I have Luke 24, 15 through 16 gives a reason and says that their eyes were, are restrained. Luke 24, 31 says that they're there, there's the two on the road to Emmaus, his eyes were opened and they knew him and he, which is Jesus, vanished from their sight. John 20, verse 15 says, Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him, which is Jesus, to be the gardener, said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. This also relates to John 20, which says, for as yet they did not know the scripture that he, which is Jesus, must rise from the dead. Um. Within brackets, I have, I think I need to break this down into subtopics so that the analysis is more focused. First, what happens when Jesus meets up with the disciples in Galilee? Matthew 20, 16 through 17 says, when the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus has appointed for them, when they saw him, which is Jesus, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Mark 16, 14 says, later when he appeared to the leaven as they sat at the table and he, which is Jesus, rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had arisen. Luke 24, 35 through 49 says, and they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. And he, which is Jesus, said to them, why are you troubled? And why do you doubt to rise in your hearts? Behold, my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he, which is Jesus, had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, have you any food here? So they gave him, which is Jesus, a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb. And he took it and ate it in their presence. And they said to him, these are the, then he said to them, he, Jesus said to the disciples, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, 
which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he, which is Jesus, opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send my promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endowed with the power from on high. John 20, 19 through 23 says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he, which is Jesus, showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them, again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he, Jesus, had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Within brackets, I have all four Gospels were consistent that when most of the disciples first saw Jesus, they were frightened and didn't believe he had arisen. Both the Gospels of Luke and John tell how Jesus showed the disciples his hands, feet, and side, although the Gospel of Matthew and Mark don't say this. Does that mean that Jesus didn't show the disciples his hands, feet, and side? No. Again, remember from the research I've done, I found that some of the Gospel authors don't put in information that has already been adequately adequately recorded in other Gospels, or they briefly record events. The Gospel of John records this information, while the Gospel of Luke really at, has lots of details of how Jesus told the disciples to touch his body, to see that he has flesh, because the Spirit wouldn't, because a Spirit wouldn't. He also asked the disciples if he might have something to eat as additional proof that he truly is the risen Lord and not some spirit. When Jesus, this is within brackets, my question, when Jesus met with the disciples in Galilee, what did he tell them to do? Matthew 28, 18 says, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Mark 16, 15 through 20 says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, and they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Luke 24 through 44 through 49 says, Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he, which is Jesus, opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and arise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, 
but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endowed with the power from on high. Within brackets, as recorded in Luke 24, 44 through 49, Jesus opens their understanding about the scripture and how he had fulfilled what had been prophesied about him through Moses and the prophets and in Psalms. He explains that it wasn't necessary. It was necessary. I'm sorry. He explains it was necessary for him to suffer and rise again on the third day so that repentance and remission of sins could be preached to all nations. The Gospel of Matthew and Mark are pretty consistent with this, although the Gospel of Mark includes these signs, that demons will be cast out in his name, that they will speak with new tongues, that they will take up serpents and they won't be hurt if they, they won't be hurt if they drink anything deadly and that they will buy, they will lay hands upon the sick and they will recover. The Gospel of John includes information about teaching others about Christ in the passage where Jesus talks to Peter about feeding the sheep in John 21, 15 through 17, which I'll cover in another time. Um, I do want to tell you an aside that where it's, it wasn't until I was reading all this stuff to you that I realized the pertinence of some of this, where it says about how, um, that Jesus is telling them that some will, they will take up serpents and they won't be hurt. In the story of Saul, when he had the shipwreck, I mean, it's Paul. Okay. When Paul was in the shipwreck and he goes to an island and he, um, there are natives of that island there. And then I think there's a fire and there's a serpent. I can tell you the exact verses. It's just in my head, but I want to share this with you while I'm thinking of it. And there's a viper and he picks it up and the viper bites him and the people watch to see if he dies because he's been bitten by a viper, which is very deadly, but he doesn't die. And they think he's a god and he tells them, no, you know, that he's a man like they are. And he shares the word of God with them, you know, about Jesus and his death and resurrection and ascension. But the thing is, that's, I think, what it was talking about is the serpent. They take up a certain serpent that won't hurt them. And it's like, ah, oh, that's what it was talking about. Because I read it, but I, I never realized the connection. Anyway, I think it's interesting. So this is the end of part one. And I will have part two the next Friday. Thank you. I want you to know that since this is an example of the positive influence God has made on my life through the Bible, this podcast that I shared with you may not reflect all of the whole meaning of the Bible verses and passages I have shared. They're just how this particular Bible verse or passage related to my life and how it makes the Bible more personal to me in my daily walk with Christ. Thank you for joining us at Relate to the Bible. I look forward to you joining us next time where you will hear more examples of how you can relate the Bible in ways that are especially meaningful to you.